for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I was freaking out after I shot him because I watched the arrow go through the deer. But when he started, to, he started to kind of just like he gave the kick and he started trotting off towards the bottom. And I'm like, oh, no, like what just happened? Did it like I'm I saw the arrow went right through him. I see the arrow there. It's just covered in blood. But like what happened? Is this a bad shot? What did I do? And he starts to trot and all of a sudden I could see it. Just the blood just kind of starting to spit out and he gets up there and we all say it you're watching that deer and he just stops and you go go down go down go down go down like tip over do something he's just standing there for a good couple minutes like he just stood there but i could see the blood just coming out happy friday everybody welcome to the fall podcast i am your host aaron blacy and we are back for another episode of the fall podcast it is a Friday. It is a feel-good Friday, and we've got an awesome episode for you. Today, the guest is Mr. Bryant Lyon from Helix and ABB. So we don't just break down product in here. Now, the product, there there is some good stuff to listen to as far as product goes in here, but Bryant had a heck of a season this year and killed an awesome buck with his bow, and uh, we dive into that as well. So Today is going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. I'm by myself today on the intro. I do want to hit on a few things here before we do get into this podcast. So first and foremost, I want to say we do have some stock re- or stock left at, in uh, as far as hoodies go and some t-shirts and some hats at fallpodcast.com. If you guys are looking for any merch or anything like that. We do have some left. I'm trying to get rid of it all because I'm not going to lie to you. I think we're going to go back to doing pre-orders. I don't think we're going to do it through the site anymore. The juice was just not worth the squeeze after one year. We sold a lot of stuff, honestly, but the headache factor and the fiddle around factor was just not worth it to me. Um, And I think it's just better if we do same sort of stuff. We're going to do hats. We're going to do hoodies and t-shirts again, but we're going to do some pre-orders. I'm going to let you guys know when we're going to do a pre-order. 
if you guys want anything, you're going to know the design. You're just going to tell me what you want as far as size and, and how many, and then we're just going to get them printed. And I think that's just the better way to go. So once all the stuff is gone on the website, the website will still be live, but we're just not going to sell anything through the website. There's just a lot of added cost that a lot of people just don't understand and, and unless you do it. Um, and a lot of fiddling around, to be totally honest with you. So um, I just want to let you guys know that. But also, the Fall Podcast is powered by Latitude Outdoors. You can use the code the Fall Podcast to save money on your next order. Right now, we had just launched the new knee pads this, this week. These knee pads are awesome. They have twice the padding. They have the no-slip grip um, shell on them. They also have better buckles and better straps. And you can, a lot of people are asking me when I talked about it last time of like, what do you mean by right and left-handed buckles? Basically, you can now put the the clips on the outsides of your legs. So if you want to walk in, they're not clicking each other in between your legs if you want to walk in with them on. So there's a lot of improvements. They are very comfortable. They have an articulating top. So when you walk, it's literally like you don't even have them on. So, um, and double the padding. I know I said that, but double the padding. These things are very comfortable. So check them out. Go to latitudeoutdoors.com. Use the code The Fall Podcast to uh, save some money. Don't forget also, the snow is melting and it's basically gone here in Michigan, but it is map season. My buddies over at Aerial Wildlife Solutions. They are ready to, I mean, they're taking orders right now. They're they're driving all the way around, all over Michigan and even out of Michigan to uh, fly their drone on people's property to take high-end maps of uh, pictures of high-end. Okay, I got crossed up there. Basically what it is, they're taking really high-quality pictures, thousands of images from their drone, and what they do is they stitch those together to make one awesome map. So check them out at aerialwildlifesolutions.net. So it's aerialwildlifesolutions.net. Okay, check them out. Give them a call. Tell them I sent you. And you won't be disappointed because these maps are high-end. They're awesome. They're really cool to have on the wall. I got mine on the wall with some barn wood. And um, it's really neat. So you can look at the farm and everything. So go do that. Next is Helix Broadheads and America's Best Bowstrings. I'm going to couple these together. Right now they're doing a they're doing a deal right now on Helix Broadheads. So if you go to Helix Broad and ABB, you can save up to 25% off your next purchase with either one of these. If you go to their website, helixbroadheads.com or americasbestbowstrings.com. Um, great way to get into the Helix Broadheads right now if you if you ever already cracked into it. Uh, the FJ2 or the FJ4, the single bevel design is crazy good penetration. The most accurate fixed blade broadhead I've ever shot. It literally is, uh, penetrates like a mother me and it is very dependable. So you can try them out right now. You can save up 25%, um, while supplies last, basically they are, um, they're trying to move some stuff right now to, to create some new stuff. So go over there, check them out, start saving some money. And next, Exodus Outdoor Gear. If you guys are looking for new cell cams, check out the AT&T 4G LTE Rival cell cam. We ran those all last year. Picture quality is awesome. The battery life is really good. And these cameras are very small. They're sleek looking. I really like that about them. There's not a, there's not a ton of stuff to them. You don't have to 
be a scientist to know these cameras and learn them. So um, you can try out the new Rival or the brand new Rival A5 camera. It's 32 megapixels. The pictures are even better. It's improved battery life and it's better daytime and nighttime images. You can get it AT&T, T-Mobile, or US Cellular. So if you run any of those uh, plans, those are, those are great as well. I'm getting ready to get our new ones in so we can start playing around with them. Also, one of the things I'm most excited about is the Exodus Lift 4K Ultra. So this is an SD card camera, 4K quality pictures, and the extended battery life is I've heard it is awesome. I cannot wait to get those things out there and get those working and soaking and taking pictures and working for us. So go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. Use the code TF for 15% off any of those. Um, next is Garmin. Garmin is very high on our list. You know that. Um, they have watches. I've you know really went down this workout uh, routine. I've been going every day for the last month and a half, and it's been awesome. And my watch. So I have a Garmin Phoenix, oh boy, Phoenix 7 Pro, A Pro, I believe it is. It's on my wrist. It doesn't say until I take it off. It is a seven at Phoenix 7X Pro. So that's what I've been running for the, for the last year. And honestly, it's got workouts built into it. So if you don't really know what you want to do for the day, or maybe you got like an off day and you want to do like an aerobic workout, you can go into the settings of your watch and they have workouts built into it. So basically, if you want to do like an aerobic workout or something, it'll have the sets. Like let's say you're doing like a plank for 30 seconds. It's got it all programmed in there. So it'll say 30 seconds, you're doing a plank. Once the 30 seconds is over, it'll beep or vibrate. And then you do your rest and then it gives you a rest time and then it'll beep and vibrate again, run it when it's ready for the next set. This thing is, it does way too much, too much, you know, than I need, but that is really cool because you can save workouts in there. Um, and it's just, there's a lot of other things that go into it, but that's just one thing that's really been mind blowing for me that literally this, this watch is a trainer. It's a personal trainer for you. You can, you can treat it as that. So that's really neat on top of the, the bow sites, the a one, the a one I or the a one I pro and the inReach mini, any of those are, are, they're all very high end products and very much worth the money on all of these things. So go to Garmin.com or your local Garmin dealer and check them out. Uh, Buck Bourbon, use the code TFP20 if you want to. I mean, this is the time. If you can do uh, you know, mineral in your state, this is the time to start getting your minerals out. Also, if you're going to do some frost seeding, right now it's perfect time to start frost seeding, in my opinion. I'm going to start doing some here soon. Um, but they have the top shelf. Uh, food plot seed. They have a brassica blend, the clover mix, and a clover and chicory mix. Like I said, minerals and attractant. You can get the rackhouse ground blinds. You can get those ready for turkey season that might be coming up here. Um, and the distiller's knife kit, eight-piece harvest field kit, no-slip comfort handles, the caping knife, the skinning knife, the gut hook, the bone saw, the pen light, and the long and short gut gloves for those prima donnas like myself because I love gut gloves. So go to buckbourbon.com, use the code TFP20 to save on any of those products. And last, but certainly not least, Prime Archery. Prime, such a good company, Michigan-based, not gobbled up by a big conglomerate. They are privately owned still. I love it. They are awesome people. Just got off the phone with Brian the other day. 
Brian Brian Anderson is is one of the best humans in the world. Literally is. Um, they have the all new RVX series that came out this last November. They have the stability, the center grip riser, which you know lets you hold on target for sixty percent longer than you normally would be able to because of the center grip in the riser. No other bow has that. The core cam, which is the most tunable, accurate cam system on the market. If a guy like myself that has taught myself how to work on bows can work on it, and it's and I feel like it's easy to work on. I think anybody can. And they've also integrated the new Picatinny sight mount. Um, they got the 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 quiver from um oh boy now i can't remember the it's a really high end quiver but it's a really sleek and slender quiver, quiver that it can adjust to be closer to the riser and it's a very streamlined very streamlined setup so check them out g5prime.com you will not be disappointed so that is it. That is all that is keeping the lights on. I'm not going to get too much more into that. I just want to say thank you guys for all the downloads and all the support. We did get some uh, some more written reviews on Apple. Please keep doing that. If you have not, leave a five-star rating, write a review on Apple Podcast, or if you listen on Spotify, just give us a five-star rating. That is always greatly appreciated. So with that being said, we're going to get over to this interview with Mr. Bryant Lyon from America's Best Bowstrings and Helix Broadheads. Oh my gosh, we're just gonna let it rip. Here we go. We're back. <laughs> we're back for another episode of the Fall Podcast. I hope everybody's having a great day because it's been a it's been a wild one. So anyway, on the other line with us today, Mr. Bryant Lyon from America's Best Bowstrings and Helix Broadheads. Uh, Bryant, thanks for coming on again, man. It's been a minute since you've been on. I mean, you've been on the podcast probably three or four times throughout the years, and. Honestly, your and I's relationship had started as like friends way before any partnership or anything like that. Like I remember starting to talk, what was it, 2017, 18, you and I were talking through social media and text and phone calls and stuff like that. Yep, absolutely. I started reaching out to you, just asking you questions about stuff. I think you put a post out just asking about what do you want to hear on the podcast and this, that, and the other. And I just sent some stuff and I actually was kind of shocked that I got a message back and it was like, it just kind of went from there and you had sent me, you know, you, can you elaborate on some of this? And yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at. So it's, it's been a, gosh, how uh, you said 2017 is spot on. I mean, I've been doing this here for about seven years now. So that whole time we've pretty much just kind of been doing this so it's it's yeah. it's cool i appreciate uh your friendship man i really do like it, you and i have conversations like you know helix and abb have been a partner of the podcast for a few years now and and like you and i've had behind door conversations about just like the relationship side of things like you're not only like for me personally i'm gonna speak for myself like i'm not only looking at the the really quality products that you guys make i'm also looking at the relationship like you and i have or or jerry and i the owner of abb and helix like like i've you know i called jerry on the phone and and we talk and like when we're at shows we 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 get you know lunch or, or breakfast or something it's like it's greater than just a handshake deal and like we're gonna you know, talk about the product on the podcast. Like it's, it's more than that. And that's what I love about it. And when we have partners, like, you know, Garmin's one of our partners and Garmin's huge, but guess what? There's a couple people within inside the walls of Garmin that like I talk to on the phone and we have that kind of like mom and pop relationship with like that smaller store, like 
And that's a great feeling. We're not just like a number. I don't feel like, or we're not just, you know, somebody that's supposed to be tasked with a deliverable. Like there's really a lot of pride that goes into it. And that's what I love. And I've talked to DJ about it. Like, that's what I, you know, that's what I invest myself in and what I want to be a part of. I don't want to be known as the guy that like, just, Oh, you're just chasing the check, just chasing. Like um, I'm running this, you know, whatever product this year, but Hey, guess what? Same category, but I'm running another product. It's like, I get like business happens sometimes, but like, I just don't want to be like, you see a lot of people just like turnover and turnover. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, how do you it's believe in a product when it moves around? Yeah. It's, exactly. it's, it's the, one of the biggest things that we talk about within the walls of this building is relationships matter. Um, if you, you can't run a real, you know, the relationship is a two way street. So in the same sense that while you're helping to promote our products, we want to be able to help promote what you guys are doing. And, and, and beyond that, we have grown a friendship and it's, and that's just through daily. I mean, it's just not daily, but just communication kind of throughout the year and just bouncing stuff off each other. And, you know, we're all family men here and we kind of, we're all doing, you know, we're dealing, you know, we have families. We're in this whole big scope of living uh, and, and being just dads who enjoy uh, college football, OH, um, as well as hunting. I mean, we we're bound by hunting. This thing that we get to do where we get to go out in the woods and have fun and, and, and have camps and, and go out and chase these, uh, these very clever, elusive, uh, but beautiful animals. We get to go out and chase them every fall. And, and, and there's that romanticism to, to what we do. And it's just, it just binds us. We're all same like-minded people. Um, just, you know, in some cases, different paths and how we do things. Mm-hmm. When I, yeah. I tell you, it's, it's, it's a lot easier in today's world to believe in a product when you can believe in the people also, you know what I mean? Where it's Aaron and mm-hmm. I talk about it a lot. It's like, you know, yeah, great products, but even better people We're like th- those relationships are at the very top of the tier. Like those are priority one in our eyes always. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah and it, it just more. makes it, it, it also makes it easier to talk about the product and be transparent. Like, you know, about, about whatever it is like a broadhead or like you know a string and whatever that might be the durability or the blood trail or or the accuracy or whatever like it just makes it easier to talk about that and not be so like i mean you're not like you're not going to hit home runs on everything that you use like there's going to be issues like there's human error and everything you know what i mean so um yeah, but anyway, I did. I did notice you threw an OH in there. I, I we we do know you you love Ohio. Um, <laughs> I live in Ohio, but I will say, <laughs> I, I I get it. But I I will say, like I do, you know, when I the last two years, once I sent the contract back to you, I I write in big pen, you know, the, this year we was, should don't. Don't forget Michigan's still the national champion. So I have I move. have your contract. Um, I have your contract right beside me. <laughs> just I had to scribble it out before I even signed it. I can't have that. You can't have that all there. We'll have to take a picture of it. We'll put it up on your social page. <laughs> you know, I will say like last year was the first like when I was signing the contract and everything, I had to like, you know, scan it back in and send it to you and and um I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave them with a little bit of uh, a little something, a little sauce. Uh, here. I, I didn't you know? expect anything. I knew it was nope. coming and I, 
I just flipped there and I saw it and I was like, you son of a gun. You. Well, <laughs> now I got the whole office <laughs> up in arms because Christine, you know, you guys are you're the accountant. She sends me an email with like just, you know, some business stuff on it or whatever. And at the end of that message, you know, it says like go bucks or go something like, and I'm like, don't, she's throwing little jabs. And I'm like, I like that. I like that. Like it's a good, healthy r- rivalry. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know where I'd be without the game, you know? So I like yep. it. Mm-hmm. Nope. Same here, buddy. Same here. But we still are the world champions. Just so you know, shut up. <laughs> Team one let's talk let's talk let's talk hunting let's get off of this i yeah. don't need this <laughs> speaking of hunting speaking of hunting you you killed a really good buck this year with your bow um and i think it kind of like for, for some reasons i, I you're you're a guy that kind of like sticks to himself you're a really good family man you know you're on socials but you're not like a big social uh social media butterfly i'll say but and i think a lot of that stuff kind of like for guys like yourself kind of just gets forgotten about and i don't want it to be forgotten about because you had a hell of a hunt this year and you killed a great buck um and i want to talk about a little bit i know i know like cliff notes versions of the story because i think i've been trying to put it on the back burner so we could talk about it on this podcast but (laughs) you know you don't get like talked about a lot and your hunting style and the limited time you have in, in the, in the, the way that you take advantage of your time is very respectable. And I like that. And you seem to capitalize just about every year on that on respectable bucks. And I, I think that's awesome. So I want to talk about to, today a little bit about your hunt this year. If you can kind of take us through that. Absolutely. And, and I appreciate that. Um, I, I know he's, you know, some would scoff at a deer like that. Some would look at a deer like that and what the hell are you doing shooting a deer, you know, like that, not letting them walk by. And there's several things I take into consideration when, when, when all that goes down. But, um, I guess to kind of give a backstory, a good portion of the good mature deer, uh, that I was really hoping would make it into this, this next year, this past fall, uh, they were not there. They, they just weren't there. I had two deer in particular that I had been keeping a tab on. Uh, and I believe, I firmly believe, I know I don't, I never saw pictures or anything, but I firmly believe that they either moved on to a different farm uh, or they were harvested, uh, not this past season, but the season before. And those were the two mature deer that I had on the property that I was really hoping to kind of get, get a chance at uh, this season, but they weren't there. Uh, put cameras out. I, I scouted a little bit from afar. I'm always late to the party. Um, I, I did food plots in the past, so like poor man plots and some stuff like that and put some time into it. But this past year, I just, I did not have a whole heck of a lot of time to really pass around doing some of that extra stuff. But just through some of the cameras that I had put out and some of the things I was trying to do, I have a 55 acre farm that I hunt, that, <clears throat> excuse me, hunt that's my in-laws farm. And it's always been a really good property. It's surrounded by ag. I've got farm fields around it, you know, corn fields around. We've got um, good water, good bedding, like real nice little farm. Um, and it's always got potential to have that that hidden gem in there. Um, but this year, just not so much. And I knew that. Um, so I gave it a couple of hunts. I wanted to see what was out there. Just getting up in the stand, kind of see what was happening. Um, I did a little bit more as far as scouting, like rubs, scrapes, uh, you know, just where are they bedding? How are they getting there? Where are they coming from? 
spent a little more time doing that. And then just got up in the stand and did some real time, just like kind of sc- scouting around, you know, just kind of watch and see what happens. And, um, it, I did end up finding one good buck and he's not the one that I shot, but that deer, he, he was the deer that gives you these, you always have like that one deer a year that just sneaks around you. He just gets you, he gives you the slip. He gives you every hope and dream in the world that you're going to shoot this deer. And he gave me the slip, but, uh, a couple hunts. I mean, I saw some good potential in deer, um, in, in the side that I was on, uh, I was hunting in like an Oak, little Oak timber that I had a little bit of, uh, a little bit of CRP out in front of me, probably about 50 or so yards that was out in front of me. And those deer would use, uh, that field. They'd kind of walk through that field or they'd come from another field that was on the other side uh, of the road and they'd work their way up and they'd either go behind me, uh, or they'd work their way down through that field. Very rarely they'd come right in front of me. Um, but that deer, the deer that I shot, I I don't know what it was, man, but it was, I I call it, I would literally say that that is my favorite hunt that I've ever had. And I have been hunting a very long time since I was a little kid. There was something about, for one, it was just that cool crisp morning that you, that we all hope for. And I just, it felt good. I I know there was, I had a little pressure on me because I wanted to fill a tag and we were getting into, I think it was like that second week in November, almost that third week in November. And I was telling my wife, like, I just got to fill a tag. Like we need meat in the freezer first off. Like, and, and that's how I always look at it. I am not a trophy hunter. I am not a, uh, you know, an antler hunter or anything by, by any stretch of the imagination. I would love to be able to shoot a good deer, a uh, good buck, especially, but I was more so like, I got to fill a tag. I got to get the freezer with some meat in it. Um, just because meat prices are astronomical right now at the grocery <laughs> store. So that morning I'm, I'm hanging up in my tree stand. And the sun just starts to come up and it's, it's just really, I'm appreciating the sun coming up and, and the rut. I don't know what happened, but the rut was really on this morning. I mean, it was like supercharged. I had deer zipping around all over the place at does, like a family of does, probably counted 10, 13 does, just like zipping around all over the place. They were turned up and just, just, I mean, sipping some coffee, just kind of like really enjoying the morning. It's nice, cool, crisp morning. And just the field I could see to the side of me, binoculars up. I'm watching some does, but they're acting kind of funny. They're like, you know, you could just see they're watching something. They're acting a little funny. Um, I hit my, hit my Primos can just kind of wanting to see, you know, I can't really see over there, but let's just see. And I'm kind of hitting that Primos can and uh, the buck that I ended up shooting, just, he, he came up, he came right up this path and he's shaking his head. He's hitting sticks as he's coming around. And a mouth wide open, tongue hanging out. Um, and to, to real backtrack real quick, there was uh, like a four point, just a, a four point that was out in front of me. And I'm like, maybe it, maybe I shoot this deer. I need to fill a tag. I don't really want to shoot. We're, we're kind of limited on does. I know I said there was probably like 10, 13 out there. But I kind of watch because the does are definitely down in that on that farm. Um, so I thought about shooting him. And I didn't, I'm glad I didn't, but yeah, this buck comes up, he's shaking his head. He's, he's hitting trees and just immediately I was like, I'm shooting this deer. Like is a shooter. I don't care. Um, let's just see what happens. So he walks out, he walks like per- picture perfect. I couldn't ask for a better spot of where he was going because again, the deer from that side of the property or the way they would come, they would go behind me to try to catch wind. Like they were looking to catch, you know, what they were, they'd get up to the top of the hill and they could basically get whatever they wanted as far as uh, wind in. And it just worked out. He walked out in front of me. 
I mean, I already had, I was clicked onto my bow with my release and just watching him go. He's coming. I mean, it was a, it was probably 15 yard chip shot on this deer. And, uh, I was freaking out after I shot him because I watched the arrow go through the deer. But when he started to, he started to kind of just like, he gave the kick and he started trotting off towards the bottom. And I'm like, Oh no, like what just happened? Did it like, I'm, I saw the arrow went right through him. I see the arrow there. It's just covered in blood, but like, what happened? Is this a bad shot? What did I do? And he's kind of walking off. He doesn't go out into the field and he starts to trot. And all of a sudden I could see it, just the blood just kind of starting to spit out. He gets up there, but he's still just standing there. Like he has no idea what just happened. He knows something's wrong, but has no idea what just happened. I had no idea what was going on. I'm watching him and we all say it. You're watching that deer. and He just stops. And you go, go down, go down, go down, go down, like tip over, do something. He's just standing there for a good couple minutes. Like he just stood there, but I could see the blood just coming out. And he finally tipped over and it was like, gosh, it was probably just coming up on like eight o'clock or something like that. It, it wasn't long into this hunt, but it was like all that weight come off my shoulders. The tag, you know, the deer's down over there. I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to sip on some coffee. I messaged you um, and just kind of just took it in. I took it in. Cause it was like, you know, finally it was like, it was just this, this perfect couple hours of getting into the tree stand, just enjoying it. The deer were moving right off the bat. And it just felt special for me because it, you know, we all work hard. And when we're trying to get these deer and you try to do all the right things and, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes you like, I feel that monkey on my back that I'm not only, I'm trying to provide for my family because we use this meat all year you know, through the year. So I felt that a little bit like I got to get this done. But at the same time, I'm in this industry and it's, it's always nice to have that and be able to show your friends and, and everything like that. But you know, just you put the work in, you want to do as best as you can. And, uh, it just, it was a good morning. I mean, it was such a, a fantastic morning of being in the woods. I, 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 I could honestly say it was my favorite hunt that I've ever had. It was, it was just fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, it. <clears throat> I got a couple questions on it. I want to. I want to maybe break down something that you said in the very beginning. You talked about that you had two deer that you were kind of really looking for. Now, is you know, you've. It sounds like you've hunted this piece of property for a few years. Now, is it common for you to be able to carry bucks over from one year to the other, or is that like you were kind of like it, that was wishful thinking that they might show back up, you know, for year two or three there. It was, I would say it was wishful thinking, but the one for sure, I know I had him, I actually had him run by me completely unprepared at like 15 yards again, 10, 15 yards. It was again during the rut. I was up in my tree stand and I, I messaged Aaron as soon as this happened. Cause I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> I was in a panic. I was in a full tilt panic. I got up to my tree stand about 11 o'clock. Uh, and he ran right by me. I just, I just sat my bow down. I just sat in a stand and no sooner than me sitting down in the stand, he ran right by me and I grabbed the bow. He got to the point, like there's a barbed wire fence and, and always the deer would hop the fence, go right. And I was waiting on that shot. He didn't even hop the fence. He just stopped and went left, turned tail. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And I had pictures. I had more pictures of that deer that following, uh, that following summer. I knew it was him. And so I was really hoping I could get him. And I just, I, yeah, I lost him after last year. He kind of stopped coming around. I think the last picture I had of him was probably, I think it was like December 13th. And that was the last that I've seen him. So my guess is he probably got popped 
uh, by one of the neighboring farms during probably like the muzzleloader season or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I, I did love though, you know, in your story, like you painted such a good picture of what that morning was like, like the, the details of the morning are arguably more than like the details of the, what the buck was, you know? So I yep. think that's awesome, but I do, I do have a question. This may be hard to answer and I, I hope I word it correctly because I, I heard you talk about that you felt some weight on your shoulders, some pressure. And I, and I understand the, you know, like the, the, the feeling of, you know, wanting to fill, fill the freezers for your family and provide, but I, I kind of want to hear your take about, about the, you know, feeling that pressure just because like maybe you work in the, the hunting industry. Do you like, do you think that, that you, you like that pressure should be there? I mean, I, I understand where like you talk about like, well, I'm in the industry, so I, I feel that, but it's like, man, I, I, I almost like, I hate that guys don't have that feeling to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, it's something Aaron and I, we were kind of talking about that recently where it's like, man, how, do, how do some guys get rid of that pressure? I don't know, you know, but it's like, I, I, I don't like that people have to feel that way. Yeah. And, and that's a very, it's a minimal part of it. It's a very minimal part. And, and, and when I say that pressure is there is because, I mean, the people that I like to surround myself with and I talk to, I mean, there's a difference for me for like successful hunters. And then there's your killers, you know, like there's, there's a little bit of a difference. And I like to, you know, for me, I, you know, guys like yourselves, you get out there and you get after it and it's like, I got to do that too. I want to be, you know, I want to be able to do that and and make sure that I'm trying to at least get a respectable buck at the, you know, by the end of the season. And so it's more so I don't, I'm always a competitive guy, Mm -hmm. but for me, I just, I like to be able to go, Hey, you know, I can do this. I'm not looked at as some dip, you know, I almost, yeah, sorry. I was going to say I'm not some dipshit who just does this for Instagram <laughs> and I work at ABB and Helix and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a little different, but I, I would say the cool thing was, and I think I'm, I maybe mentioned this to you, Aaron, uh, but it's kind of cool. I feel like there's nothing like it is so amazing to go get a, a 170 180 200 inch deer like that is that is like a that's what we all strive to to, to find that animal there's while they're out there i mean this the likelihood of you getting one is just it's it's so low and for me it's just it's been i've seen more people that are out there to hunt they're out mm-hmm. there to hunt they're out there to have fun they're out there to fill a tag they're with their buddies they go on a hunting trip you know you guys that that are working all year and they work for that one week where they can get off, take a week off and they can go hunt this, you know, that in November and chase some deer, whether it's in their own, you know, their own area or they go out of state. Um, but it's cool because I just feel like the shift has kind of more so been like, just go out and you have your hunt, like go have your hunt. Like it doesn't have to be the hunt that's going up, you know, on a digital platform or anything like that. It, you know, and it's, it's certainly not for social media. Everything, you know, that I'm doing when it's, that's like the last thing in my mind when it's coming to hunting. Uh, For me, it's just more so I'm just trying to do what I can do again to fill the tag and and just have fun. I I always, I just believe in that aspect of it. You don't, you don't want to take it so seriously. I know some people do, and that's great. I'm not that guy. It's not me. Um, I'm going to shoot a two-year-old or a three-year-old if he walks by me and I need, you know, I'm getting to the point of the season. I I just, I'm not going to let him walk. Like I, if you, you know, that's just, that's just how I hunt. And, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, you, I might hear the people say, well, that's why you don't see, you know, see big deer or shoot big deer. It's like, 
yeah, you know what? There's a lot of other people that hunt around me. And some days I might not be able to get out in the stand. And it's just that capital, they can capitalize on that. Maybe they're out in the stand and that deer came by them. Yep. Um, my small farm, it's not like I got hundreds of thousands of acres or anything like that to hunt. So I know the parameters. I've become more adjusted to the parameters of what I know I'm it, what is likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, the, the pressure, yeah, just to kind of real quick, it's just the pressure, you know, with being in the industry, I'm competitive. So, you know, I, you know, there's some of the kids here, they've shot some really nice deer last year. And so, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with everybody and just make sure that I'm having my fun. And it's like, Hey, I got, I got my deer and he's proudly displayed right now on my desk. I got it. I got a Euro mount done on him and I'm, I'm proud of that deer, man. Yeah. Uh, right. so. I mean, you look at, you look at it though, Brian, is th- this was, this was Brian's situation that he was dealt this year. The, the two bucks that you're hoping for didn't show back up and you're still, you're mm-hmm. still killing you know, the top end deer that, that was on that farm, you know what I mean? Where it's like that. And here's the thing that day, that morning you described it, you talked about that. You sat there, enjoyed that, that sunrise and you text a few buddies. Guess what? I guarantee you that small circle that you text afterwards, they didn't say anything bad about the deer you shot. They all congratulated you. They were happy for you. Hey, guess what? Aaron actually texted me the picture the same morning you shot him. They, he said, Hey, look at the buck Ryan shot. We're like, that's mm-hmm. the stuff that matters. We're like, all of that, that pressure can like go aside at that point where it's like in that moment, none of that shit matters. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, what's awesome is, is just being able like, you know, sending that like, Hey, I, you know, I finally got it done because you just know mm-hmm. there's, you go through certain things in a season that it's just not always perfect. I mean, that morning for me was perfect. And I was so thrilled to be able to share that because I just know that I was like really feeling it a little bit. You know, I'm, I passed a deer, uh, one night then I was like, man, should I pass that deer another night? You know, I had that, that big buck show up late in the evening and I just couldn't get a presentable shot on him. So you kind of just each day, a little more kind of goes in. And so that morning just worked out perfect for me. And, and is, yeah, that's what you strive for, yeah. you know, for what, for what we do. That's you just, it's, it's your hunt and it's whatever makes you happy. I mean, that's it, kind of that cliche thing is, is shoot what makes you happy. And that's exactly what I did. Let, let me ask you this. Just give me a rough estimate. Like, do you, do you know a rough estimate of how many days or how many sits you had this, this last season? Uh, this year I picked a little bit more. I was a little more picky on wind and just kind of the, the time that I had. Um, and so I would say that I probably was on about my eighth sit the, for, for that time. And it was all in the same spot. Okay. So- I mean, I, I, I planted a stand and I had eight sits in that one particular stand because I knew that presented me the best opportunity, uh, for, for the quality of deer I was trying to get. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain other spots that are kind of a little bit off limits that I know are way better. Um, and so I kind of just, I, I kind of have my own plan mapped out and, and with the scouting I did and the camera that I had in a certain spot, I just felt that that was going to be my best opportunity. And so, yeah, I would say it was about the eighth sit that I had. Okay. There. So the, the, the reason I wanted to know, cause I'm going to, I'm going to present this to you. If I told you that next season you will have eight really unproductive sits, but on that ninth sit, it's all going to come together and you can have that exact feeling again. You would take that. You would take that. Oh, absolutely. Work, right. Yeah. yeah like hands said, down. Yep, it's, hands down. It's, it's, it can all change. That's hunting. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's hunting, man. It changes. It changes just like that. It, it does. Yep. It really does. 
Yeah. You can't get in your own head. That's the one thing I've always, I've kind of figured out is you just can't get in your own head. Like don't play the game of like, should I, shouldn't I, this, that, and the other. When I saw that deer, it was a no doubt about it. I mean, that's happening. I'm, I'm grabbing my bow. I'm not wasting any time. And in, in most cases around that time of year, even if a doe's coming up, I'm grabbing my bow because you never know what's going to happen. It, it just takes a second for something to change. Uh, a bleak call. I mean, you hit that Primos, that Primos can, and my season just changed just that, just from hitting that. I believe that one can call brought him up to me because there were so many does just running about, and he heard that, and he said, I'm going up there. Yeah. that's that. And, David, Bryant said something about three minutes ago. Did you pick up on it? Where he he said a little phrase that you and I have recently been talking about the your hunt where, part, yeah, hunt mm-hmm. your hunt. Mm-hmm. Like, and Brian and I have not talked about the conversation you and I talked about at all. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that's Brian. That's something that like I've been you know fighting with a little bit. Is like you know the there is a little pressure. There is a little you know, and and for you, what I think your pressure is a little bit is is the fact that like you are, you work for someone or a a company that is products it's, it's hunting products. So it's like, you want to go put those to use and Mm -hmm. the, when you can't put it to use, I think it kind of bundles up a little bit. Like it builds up to where, man, it's like, I need to be like able to talk about these products and, and firsthand experience and everything. And if you're not out there, doing it day in and day out, you feel like you might be doing a little discredit to the, the buyers. I could, I would Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, to, to kind of piggyback on that. So prior to, to working here, um, I had worked for uh, a Harley Davidson dealership and at the time I, I'm in still to this day, but at the time I didn't have, I was, I worked in the parts department. Uh, I was the high end custom I did high-end custom parts and, 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 and design projects for the, for the dealership. And it was always difficult because I didn't have a bike. So a lot of people would ask you, oh, what are you riding? I don't have a bike. Your credibility goes way down at that point. You have to actually mm-hmm. start pulling the, pulling the yep. pictures of the projects that you've worked on, that you've put together, show the reviews of the, pro- the customers that sent you the thank you. This is like the greatest thing that, you know, that I have. And it's, you know, you certainly helped me with this. You have to pull that out. And that's certainly a thing. You certainly, you got to have some credibility to what you say. And I feel like the credibility is in the proof of it and having people that, you know, the right people that are, that are helping to promote it and say the same things. But for me in my role, I, I want to be able to, to show that as well, that I'm able to do this. Uh, so there definitely is something to that. And with this deer, that was the first deer that I shot with a Helix. Um, I had shot a turkey prior to that, but I was kind of riding a streak where I had not, uh, I had not gotten, when we purchased Helix, I think it was that year, uh, I shot a, uh, a sh- I, I used, I used a gun. I used a shotgun during our gun season down here. And that's what I shot my, that buck that year with. So this was the first, first deer kill that I had with a Helix, uh, to really see what happened and going back to that, like he had no idea what hit him. That was my first I- experience with like how a Helix can be deadly enough that like it, when we say you do, they don't know what hit them or you're measuring your recovery in seconds. That I got to experience that. So now I can legit say that, hey, I had this experience with it and that's what happened. Just like what we talked about. That deer had no idea what had happened. And uh, yeah. that was my that was my first experience with it. 
Yeah, and, I, and I've told you that. Like, I've I've killed seven deer with these things, and every one of them has the deer will run off, you know, 50, 60 yards and just kind of look around like, and it makes you wonder if you're not used to it. Like you said, like, you're like, what just happened? Like, yeah. Did I miss? Did I yeah. like graze his belly? Did I like, and all of a sudden it's just like wide legs and wobble and it's like blood porn. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Done. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's yeah. like, wow. Like that is yeah. a legit thing um, that happens. I've never had it happen with a mechanical. I've never had that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to compare and contrast mechanical and, and fixed blades, but I always heard when I shot mechanicals, cause I was a mechanical guy forever until Helix. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've always had people talk about, you know, with fixed blades that, you know, they have this, this, this thought about like, it's just like, well, what was that? Like I get stung by a bee or something like that, you know? And it's like, Literally, I think that feels like, you know, they just kind of got poked, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it blitzes through them so fast. And it's just like, you know, I talked to you and Jerry when when you approached me about shooting Helix. And you're like, would you would you be interested in shooting? I'm like, yeah, I'd definitely try. I'd like to try them out first. And and uh, I said, my biggest concern is I was looking for a, a, a like going from mechanical to a fixed blade at the time because. I told you, I, I don't get two holes. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't pick the arrow out of the dirt ever. Like before <laughs> Helix and Jerry's like, are you serious? I said, I can count maybe three or four times ever that I've ever blown an arrow completely through a deer completely. And I've killed a lot of deer and he's like, Oh wow. Really? And I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's been my experience, you know? And so then, you know, Broadhead, it has a part to do with that, but your arrow set up, your bow set up, it all has a thing. So I started sure. diving into more of it. Now I can't get one that doesn't throw a pass through. <laughs> like it is, you know, it is, it is, a, I know I'm going to get a pass through. I know I'm going to get penetration. I know it's going to be durable. I know I'm going to get, you know, that animal. And it's just, it's, it's just such a boat of confidence that you can have when you go to full draw and it's like, you know, the guys from working class, like Ross Bigger, he says, like, when he goes to full draw and that deer has no idea. And he says in his head, he's like, you are so fucked. Like, <laughs> like I, I have that feeling. You go to full draw and you're like, I no go this year. Like, Ross is in my head. Like, you are so fucked. Like, you're done. You know, like, yep. it's like, that's a powerful feel, feeling. And oh, I, yeah. I just love that. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And that was, again, with that being my first experience uh, it, with the FJ4, it was, uh, yeah, because I, I know with the FJ2, one of the things that we had heard was just, you know, the blood trail. Like, yeah, it's a great broadhead blows right through with a blood trail there. You know, it's something to be a little bit there that I wish just had it. And that's where that FJ4 came in. And that was my first experience at all with a kill on an F with the FJ4. And my goodness, the buckets of blood on a pass through between, I mean, I'd call it 30 yards. That deer went 30 yards or so. And he, you know, when he went down and I just, I couldn't fathom like the blood trail um you you mean it was just once you found it you got down to the spot you found the blood it was like wowzers mm-hmm. uh, so i think we definitely did that we definitely we definitely were able to kind of hit all hit all the way around but yeah we're still trying to grow that market in the whitetail side of things is getting people to believe that because we can say it i mean it's 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 our job to say that oh it's yeah it sounds great um but it's a fixed blade it's not a mechanical there's always kind of been that i want my broad i don't want to have i don't have the time to mess with tuning my broadhead and 
is it gonna is how accurate is it how accurate is it at distance and um this thing checks all the boxes am i gonna sit here and tell you that you know i've had people tell me they pulled it right out of the right out of the uh, uh the package and and they've met right with their field tips i've had people tell me they've had to spend a little bit of time trying to get them tuned um that's just part of the process that's a fixed blade for you it's not like a mechanical works just spot on there's a little bit to it but there's definitely uh you know a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow and i think that's just in the form of you're getting pass throughs you're getting good blood and you're getting dead animals yeah now i've got i got something i want to ask you i want you to address it because there's some questions the bleeder issue there were some bleeder issues some people are having this year i never had the issue i i feel like i got more pictures of people like you know what happened here like I want to reuse this broadhead. Why did the bleeder come off when it passed through in the deer? Um, mm-hmm. What you know, I never had those issues. I've been able to reuse broadheads, uh, the FJ fours and the FJ FJ twos. But what were some things that were going on? In in what were some things you guys were hearing from customers with the bleeders on the FJ fours this year? Yeah. So I mean, again we are new to this. This is still fairly new to us. We're, I think year maybe four into having Helix. We're coming into year four here. So broadheads is still new to us. I mean, you got to remember at the end of the day, we are still a bowstring company. That's where we come from. So we're learning as we go. We, you know, we purchased this company and we learned as much as we could from the owner, the, pre- the previous owner there at Tim Strickland. And we still learn as we go. And some of that was in the R and D process. We figure out how to put the bleeders in and we go through that and, um, just one thing that we learned through that is you got to harden those, you got to harden the bleeders in order for them to stay in the feral. And we, apparently we were not hardening those bleeders. So we've since figured that out. And now the bleeders are staying in the feral, like you said, and it was not that huge a problem. Um, but we heard it enough that we, we kind of was like, why is this happening? We talked to some people and like, yeah, you're using hardened blades and well, no, well, you got to do that. So it's just a learning curve for us as well. I mean, we're, we're trying to make a great broadhead and we want to make a great prod and we wanted to make sure that if somebody had something that was faulty or defective, we replaced it. You know, when you got, if you had your, if you had a head that wasn't, you know, if you purchased in the time frame before we were doing this hardening, we took care of it and replaced everything out for you. We kind of want to, we wanted to stand behind that because we don't want to, we're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes and give you a crappy product. I mean, we want to take care of you on that. That's what we do is as a company, we want to stand behind our product and make it a high quality product. So we certainly found ourselves taking care of that, um, but we, we did get that taken care of, uh, as well as uh, some of the other things. One one thing I've talked about with you is, is the new sharpness process. We kind of touched on it at ATA a little bit. Um, we invested in uh, a robot. We've built this, this robot that is doing a sharpening process for it because prior we've been doing everything by hand. Um, so to efficiently make a sharper head and make a sharper blade and, and get them done in a little bit of a quicker motion because it takes a while to sharpen these things. Um, we ended up building this robot. Our R and D and engineering team have been building this robot that is picking heads up and it is running through guides and sharpeners and, and the, and it has a certain, um, number that it has to hit for its sharpness level. And that has been a big project for us these last couple months that, we are, we are like this close to the finish line on it. Um, some of the prototypes uh, that we took off of there for this past deer season, as we were closing in, we came back from ATA and I think there were still like a week or two, a couple weeks left of season. Some of the guys got some of those heads and Jerry Mullet was one of them, our owner that uh, he was able to get a, 
was able to shoot a doe and and it was just incredible how how much sharper the edge was and and again how much more blood it was you know that blood trail was providing because it's we're just trying to make a better head and we learn as we kind of go unfortunately there is a learning process but we are learning from what we you know learning these things and getting it taken care of and trying to make a really great broadhead yeah and i think you're selling yourself a little short like when you guys acquired helix it's not like you guys didn't know anything about broadheads like i want to bring that to the forefront too because jerry mullet the owner of abb and helix jerry is a very well-knowledged archer like he's a Mm -hmm. world champion archer he you know he does all the circuits and he's a very good archer he can work on a bow with the best of them and also he's got an engineering engineering brain like he didn't just buy this to be like oh i'm just gonna get into the broadhead Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i'm sure i'm sure there's a little bit of that but jerry like he believed in the product before and he knew about it it's just i think any of these bumps and lumps and stuff like that along the road, like I'm sure ABB as a, as a, as a bowstring company went through it as well. I'm sure other, like other manufacturers go through it. So, um, you know, Arlen that runs the broadhead stuff, like he's very well knowledge in that broadhead, you know, he's done schooling on it and stuff like that. Like he's not like, it's just a kid off the street or a guy off the street. Like I, I want, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short. I, I just wanted to address it because I don't, I don't want people to think it's all like, you know, what is it? What does the saying goes like rainbows and, and sunshine and rainbows or whatever. Like there are bumps along the road. I mean, yeah. And the oh, thing it was is, a learning you, process. Yeah. yeah. You grow from Absolutely. them and you, and you just, and you just grow and you just yeah. make the product better. And that's where you're at right now. And like, I've seen a direct, correlate like a direct difference in the heads that from this fall on to now like how different they are how sharp they are i about cut my pinky off when i got it out of the package one day i'm like what the hell you know and yeah you do so i just want to say that because i think you might be selling a little short so yeah well i i just want to make sure that we're clear and that you know that wasn't like i mean we took this on and we had the idea of what we were doing we're not just clueless but we, we got to learn something and we, you know, we're learning from what the trial and error FJ four was right. a whole new product for us. FJ two, yeah. you know, we went from there. We, we had that, that was the product that was already out there. FJ four was putting bleeders in and really trying to figure out, you know, all the ins and outs of just as simple, something as simple as putting bleeders into a feral, making them stay, making them sharp, just all those different things were just, it was a learning, uh, a learning process for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you've really worked out the kinks to be honest with you. And I think you, you had some things you wanted to address and you address them. People wanted more, better blood trails. So what do you do? You do the research to do the bleeders, make them the best way you can. Um, and now here we are and, and now you're, you're sharpening them better and, and more and, and the blood trails are getting better. And I, I love that. Yeah, that's you. You basically took the words right out of my mouth there. You know, I was just going to say that, you know, like that, that should be appealing to a customer is that when you're buying a product and maybe you, you could see something different, you'd like maybe like something different with it. But the company is making those changes as they hear back from the from the customers, the actual people using them or like that. That's that makes a huge thing. You know, we're like a company could create something. They think this is the only way to do it. We're not changing it. You know what I mean? Where it's like there is growing pains. And but with growing pains, when you continue to fix the issues, that's appealing to me. Yeah. 
No, and, and that's our goal. I mean, we want, we're want we obviously not going to be able to get everybody. I mean, the, if I could say there's one thing, the most sought-after thing, it seems, with the heads is, is are you making a left bevel? And there was a lot of interest that we looked into it. We looked into doing a left bevel, and at the end of the day, we have pretty much decided that's not something we're going to do right now. Um, but, you know, and that's unfortunate. I wish, you know, wish we could have tested it out, but just everything that we were trying to do and, and what we kind of came with the decision is, is it's just not really the time for that for us. Mm-hmm. And, but everything else we really try to, with the current product that we have, as it's structured, we really try to take our customers input because that's the only way we learn. Um, I mean, they're, they're the ones that are paying this, you know, their money, you know, their hard earned money for this, their dollars and that's, that's honestly, it's just how you learn. I mean, that's on the broadheads and it's on the strings. Uh, we, we, we take our, our customer feedback and input incredibly serious around here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, that's a good, good place to pivot right there into ABB real quick here. I, I, you guys came out with a new string, the launch series this year, and you came out with a new trailhead camo, which David was at my house yesterday and I showed it to him and he's colorblind. So he, he, he got the best experience he could, but I'm going to tell you right now, this, this string, this trailhead camo is filthy and I want it to be the fall podcast color, but I, I don't know if that's going to be possible, but, um, cause I put one on my Rav X, but t- tell us a little bit about the launch string series. You guys, like you, again, on the string side, you, you tried to fill a void, fill a need that you were looking into and better yourselves out of the strings, the badass and awesome strings you already have. You tried to up the game, and I think you did. I think you nailed it. Yeah, man, we're excited about launch, launch, and, and honestly, I think that our customers and, and new 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 customers are excited about launch. Um, for us, it's been a couple years in the making. Uh, to, to come out with this string set. And there was a lot of trial and error on a lot of different things, man. A lot of different things. Um, you can only reinvent a bowstring so many times, I feel like, with the materials that are made available and, and, and how that all works and make sure that it works correctly with the bows that are out there. And honestly, bow, bow engineering and bow technology has come a long way in the last several years. Um, so it goes right along with the bowstring. And for us, the Platinum Series was our meal ticket. People loved that platinum series. It was a high performance string set. It was a hard bar. The bar was there. And how do you get above that bar? And so there was a lot of trial and error to get to this point, but we ended up, we ended up figuring it out with launch. And uh, so what launch is for us, launch, it replaces platinum as that high end. It's still a high performance string, totally stable in what it's doing. Um, but for us, we really found that can, you know, what we wanted to do was make a more durable bowstring and that launch has certainly done that. We wanted to make it more durable. We wanted to, to increase its abrasion resistance. And so through that trial and error, a lot of different things we did, um, we ended up changing the base fiber. Um, so for the longest time in platinum, we were using a BCY 452X material, but it was a kind of a standard higher wax content fiber. And so, what we did was, is we ended up taking a low wax content BCY 452X fiber because we still believe 452X is kind of the pinnacle of, of fiber technology uh, for bows. And we ended up going through some different processes and trying some different things. And we kind of found something that really gave us an extra edge um, that is, is totally proprietary to what we do. 
And that has that process has led to us calling the Fiber 452 XE. The E stands for enhancement. And in, and in that enhancement, we have, we have did our best to make this thing as bulletproof as possible. I think that it presents way better. I think the color, the color looks way better than I think than what the platinum did um, with that higher wax content that was in that fiber. Um, so I think that it looks amazing. It shoots amazing. And this thing, I mean, you can beat the heck out of it, beat the snot out of it. And it is going to hold up uh, through your seasons, through your, through, you know, if you're a tournament shooter, if you're a bow hunter, you can, you can beat this thing up and shoot it over and over and over again. You're getting longer life. It's just an amazing string. Uh, and it's still backed by that two year warranty that we have with platinum. Cause again, we firmly believe in this string set and we know that people work really hard for their dollars and we want to make sure to stand behind that product. Yeah. Talk about the, the <clears throat> process that you guys take the string through with beating it to tar like over and over and over. Can you talk about that a little bit or do you not yeah, want to yeah. give up? Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's, that's fine. No, we can talk about that. So we have, we have certain things within engineering and R and D that they have uh, certain machines that we can use. And um, so one of our engineers kind of came up with this idea, Hey, let's take a real gnarly piece of leather. Um, and, and it's, we're going to use like the roughest side of this leather. We're going to put it on a cycle machine. And we're going to just put it on a cycle that it's just going to go until it can't go anymore. And it's just going to beat the heck out of this. So what this piece of leather was doing, it, I mean, it was just this all day. You'd hear it zoo, 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 just going, just beating this string up. Um, and so I think that the, the one that we, the one that we ended up taking to like the show, I think it was like a hundred, 160,000 cycles. And it had our platinum, our platinum series. And then it had the, the, uh, the launch series beside it. And it showed you the difference of what that 160,000 cycle test was on a platinum versus what the, uh, what the launch is. And you're looking at something where the platinum was, was fairly beat up. It was frayed up. It was discolored. It, it just did not look good. And, and in most cases, that's the thing that somebody's calling us going, man, my string really looks terrible. Um, you know, I need to get this replaced or, or, or you know, is this going to be covered for me? But then you look at the launch and the launch looks like it's barely, it's barely been through anything. It's still almost brand new. There's a couple of fiber frays that are kind of sticking out there, but compared to that platinum, it was a night and day difference. Yeah, that was crazy. I saw that board at the at ATA and I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah, this thing is way more durable. Like, and when you talk about a gnarly piece of leather, what it looked like to me was about the grittiest sandpaper you could find is like yeah. you know it was that's like what that this leather thick. looks like yeah, yeah. And i'm like geez yeah. oh pete's and it it literally i thought you just had a human back there just kind of hitting at every like 160 some thousand times but no <laughs> yeah, he, right you know it was it was yeah. wild and you in the way you guys run these through r&d like these strings get cycled and everything and and stretched before they even go out the door correct Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's going through a testing phase. I mean, we put it through tests before it goes to obviously before it goes to, to the lineup um, uh, from our, all of our string builders back there. There's, there's precision systems that we're using back there that keeps everything incredibly precise to the spec. And then it goes through, you know, from the blanking process to the yoking process to the serving process on, on you know, and then it goes into the to, to speed knocking. And then at the end of the day, it goes to the, it goes to QA, which QA has um, very high 
you know, they've got, there's certain things you got to follow certain codes and everything that we're doing. This is an ABB string. These are our tolerances. This is what it has to be. If it's not, it has to go back. In most cases, it doesn't have to, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we want to make sure we're sending out a great product. And also with launch this year, one thing we were really trying to figure out uh, was like end loop connections. So um, for anybody that's listening to this, the end loop connection would be like right before your loop where your loop po- goes on the cam or a post or anything like that. There's a little bit of serving there typically is going in around some some very thin cam grooves. And what was happening was is these cam grooves, um, they're so thin and the, the material would be a little bit thicker that it, it, it gets in there. It would seat just fine. But over the course of shooting, there's a lot of pressure going there, a lot of pressure. It's pretty aggressive in most of these cams. So it was splitting those end loop connections in the serving. So you get a little bit of serving separation there. And we were really trying to figure that out because it was really just something that was like, we can make this better. We can do this. And and so with launch, we kind of tested some ways of doing it. And we came out with what we were kind of calling our micro serve at the micro connection. And uh, it's done fantastic for us. We've kind of, I don't want to say completely eliminated the issue, but it's certainly like way improved, which I know that's been a problem for, for a lot of people, when it comes to their strings, they talk about that end loop connection. They say, if you can figure out that end loop connection, you're going to have some business. And I really think that that's something that we're really happy that we were able to figure out this well, this year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you guys switched up the lineup. So, you know, well, I shouldn't say switched up. You, you, you improved it with, you know, it was premium platinum and pursuit, good, better, best kind of deal before. Now you have launch in the in the the form of the platinum, the better platinum. You have premium ultra, and then you have force, which is kind of replace the the pursuit, correct? Correct. Yeah. So force is the entry level. Uh, we call that good. Um, so that's for that person that's maybe not super familiar with custom strings, and maybe they're looking at their first string, or they've got an older bow and they don't need a whole heck of a lot of performance. They just want to slap a bow string on there and get back to it. Uh, force is really good for that, for that archer there or that hunter. Uh, you jump up into that premium ultra line and premium was, is the original string that this company was basically started with was the premium series. So premium has been around since the company started, uh, back in 2006 this year, we just, we, I mean, it's, we called it premium ultra because we did make some tweaks to it. We did better that string set. And with that, under that, you talked about trailhead. So we, in our industry, the biggest pain that we deal with is in the Q3 summer to early fall months of the year. Everybody's getting their bow out. Everybody wants to replace their strings and they want them fast. By that time, it's too late to order custom bow strings and get them in under a week's time. Um, we deal with a lot of customers. We deal with a lot of pro shops. Uh, we, we just deal with a lot of business overall. And when it comes to bow strings and it's for us, we're like, well, how do we fix this? And we kind of did a little tester out last year when we created Platinum Black. Platinum Black was something that we built stock inventory on and we sat it on the wall. And yeah, we built a lot of inventory on it. And we said, hey, well, you might, you might not be able to choose your custom colors and get it real quick, but you can get this string. We'll pull it, order that string. We'll pull it that day and we'll send it out to you. You'll have it in two to three business days. Platinum Black did very well for us last year. And so for us, we wanted to keep launch very separate as a top tier custom string. That one's full of, you got your custom colors. It's a high end string. 
but we're, we saw the opportunity was with the premium ultra series. So we created premium ultra black and premium ultra camo and, and premium ultra camo is our new trailhead color that we kind of, we work with BCY and we asked for a bunch of different colors to be put into a spool and uh, kind of come out with our own kind of signature camo color, which is what we called tra uh, trailhead. And with pla uh, premium ultra black and premium ultra camo, it's the same thing that like platinum black was. We're building an inventory on that for those customers who don't have the, the time to wait. They need a string and they need it fast. And so that's that's kind of what we did on that part, that part of the lineup there. We're really happy about we think it's going to do quite well. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's kind of a you got black which is kind of interesting. I'm, I, I do not like the color black on my bow. I don't. And, and sorry for anybody that does. That's, that's great. But it's, I just think it looks so bland. But if you're looking for something that really pops, really kicks, that premium ultra camo with our trailhead camo looks fantastic. It's a it cool does. looking color. And so that's what we, we put that option out there. But there are people out there still like black. They're just, hey, give me a bowstring. I don't care about the colors as long as it's not pink. Mm -hmm. We got the black, and now we got the option with camo. So we're really excited about that one for, uh, for this year as well. Or scarlet and gray. I mean, I, those colors just don't mm. run either. I have so. threatened you for so long of making a string like that. And I, the thing is, I'm I could build for it. I'm show up. It would, you'd pull it out and just light it on fire and send me a, send me a, a picture of it. <laughs> I would, too. There's no way I could put scarlet and gray on anything. Like, oh, man. So I've got, I'm sitting at the podcast table here, and I've got four... Mm mics you know for when we do in studio stuff and um the xlr cables that the audio cables you didn't have a choice of what you could get but you had to you know you can get colored ones so when you run them to the board you can color code it and i'm like that'd be a good idea you know and so there's a black one there's a blue one there's a green one and there's a red one and i'm like so the other day when I was setting everything up, I I had the red one on my mic and I'm like, absolutely not. Like <laughs> I, I can't run the red. So the red is, is oh. the one next to me over here. So, um, but yeah, man, it's that I do wear a lot of red clothes though. I mean, I'm a, I do like red. The high school I went to is red and red, like the main colors red. So I grew up with it, but yeah, you got a but, but the fight song for my high school was hail to the victors for michigan so mm -hmm. there we go uh oh yeah that's a garbage <laughs> but i do like the scarlet and gray on your hat that does look fantastic that's a good color i on know yeah, okay. well, <laughs> yeah i am a grout guy so i do like the i like the look of the grout i'm a big gray guy big gray guy yeah. Dude, that's so. the color. That hat that you're wearing right there, man. That is that was like the all time seller. That's the OG of hats. You need to get did. some more of these. You need to get some more. <laughs> it's so. about that time of year. Yep. It is. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we're gonna wrap up here soon. I've taken enough tough enough of your time. Appreciate you doing this. But um if anybody wanted to like get more information or want to order a string, because um you know, if you want to get into the launch string, like the, the launch string, what is two nineteen ninety nine? Is that what a launch string yeah. is? So launch launch MSRPs at two nineteen ninety nine on the website. Um, the cool thing about that is is we wanted to also include that value. And so you can customize your uh, your center serving color and you can also customize your heat shrink colors at no additional charge. Um, whereas the other lines, that's something we do charge for, but we don't offer the center serving on anything else. I mean, that uh, the custom colored center serving, I should say, that's only on yep. launch. Um, so yeah, that's a two nineteen ninety nine on that one. Uh, but again, you're talking high performance. You're talking durability. You're talking a two year warranty if anything should happen with that string set. Um, 
this is the best string set on the market right now. So, yeah. And I know I well, work for and, the company. And you could use the, the code <clears throat> the fall to save some money if you would like, you mm -hmm. know, to yeah. help out the podcast. And, but you can also use it on the premium ultra or the force, uh, line as well. So the force is one nineteen ninety nine, and then the premium ultra is one seventy nine ninety nine. So, um, go yeah. check those out and then don't forget about helix helix is a, is a really good option if you're you know a lot of guys that are doing the mechanical thing they're like man i just want to find a broadhead like i want to get back into like the fixed blade thing helix is the perfect brand for that because i feel like it's priced very well and 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 i i've said it a lot but it is so accurate that that fixed blade broadhead is a very accurate broadhead right out of the box for me i've never really had to do much tuning um to get these things to fly. So, and mm -hmm. you guys run a program and I think you're still doing it where you can buy a single broadhead, right? Just to try it out before you really want to dive deep into it. Yeah. I was going to mention that for the people that maybe are kind of thinking along those lines, like, man, I'd like to try something different. Um, there, we offer single, single heads, just single packs. You can, you can give it a try and you can shoot that thing and, and see what you think of it without having to go with that full three in the hopes that that one pack, or that one single pack will bump you into that three. And then you're going to have four broadheads that you can use uh, to throw in the quiver. Uh, but yep. yeah, it, that, that was important for us is to really try to get that single pack out there. So people that were kind of on the fence had a chance to try it before they bought three. Yeah. I yeah, like that. So where would you, it's a great idea because go ahead. I was going to say that it's such a great idea for someone to be able to try it. Cause you know, like you said, then all of a sudden, if you, if you bump to that three pack, just what I've done, just probably my OCD with my hunting equipment I've kept that one pack like that's my practice head right there you know what I mean where it's exactly. always designated yep. to the side that's the one I'm going to shoot before I go hunting every day yep nope that's absolutely smart and that's uh, kind of do the same thing myself I got the three I got the three heads there for uh for my hunting scenarios and then I've got the practice head I eat the kind of the one head that I kind of shoot through the target and I'll touch up every now and again but that's my practice head uh, that's that's kind of how I do that because we don't offer a practice head um, but that's another great opportunity to just have something that you can kind of beat up there and reuse. Yep. I like it, man. Well, Bryant, thanks a lot for coming on, man. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, always good catching up with you and, and, um, you know, go blue. Oh, <laughs> I O. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys. I really do. Uh, it's, it's fantastic to always come on here and talk. Um, just kind of go through it. You know, you, I know you refer to them as BS sessions and I know we kind of dug into some of the product here, but I greatly appreciate everything that you guys do just on, uh, on the partnership side, of everything on a personal side of everything. Um, we are very grateful, uh, for, for you guys and, and what you do for us. So, um, anytime we can, I can hop on here and talk shop with you is always a great opportunity. Likewise, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, uh, everybody listening. Don't forget, we'll be here next time on the Fall Podcast.